Hey everyone, this is Josh, Canadian immigration lawyer and CEO here at Visto.ai for another episode of the Canadian Immigration Pros podcast. I'm very happy to be joined by Norlin Oligo Sarma. Norlin, thank you very much for coming on the show today. We appreciate it. You're welcome and thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. We got some hot topics up to discuss today, which I'm very excited about. Before we jump in, do you want to just give a quick introduction, tell people a little bit more about who you are and what you work on? Yeah, I am. I'm Norlin. As obviously, you've told me I'm an immigration consultant. I began my practice as immigration law specialist on on the early 2017, and has since covered all sections of the field, immigration program, with a concentration, of course, in, with more difficult and complex matters. I have been a member in good standing of the CICC and have been a qualified senior immigration consultant for, I think, more than six years now. I have my bachelor degree in accounting. I used to be working as a banker here in Canada. And I, ever since I've been practicing after my banking career, I've been practicing as immigration specialist full time. So, yeah, and I'm located in Richmond Hill, Ontario. Great. Great. And and thank you again for coming on the show. One of the things we were talking about beforehand, and I think maybe one of the reasons why you decided to come on the show was because, as we said, there's been, it's been an interesting few years for many reasons, but especially with the popularity of social media mm -hmm. and the rise of the immigration influencer, so to speak, right? Yeah. So I, I'd love to kind of hear your thoughts to kind of jump in on what are you seeing right now out there in the industry? And if you can maybe talk about kind of like what you were telling me before, like why is it so important that regulated professionals mm -hmm. are putting out reliable information as compared to what we're seeing a lot of these days? Well, just to be honest with you, I, I, I've been now discussing with you before since I started my, my practice. I don't want to be in public as much as possible. I don't want to be it's not because I want to be, I don't want to be famous or anything. I want my privacy, actually. Unfortunately, as I go along with my profession, I've, I've heard a lot. I've, I actually deal with a lot of heartbreaks from, from all these wannabe immigration, immigration applicants here in Canada. They, they, they kind of like, like they, they're even literally crying in front of me and they're saying they were, they were actually handled by somebody who was, who, whom they saw it on, on the internet. They saw it in on the social media and they it looks like they are legitimate. It looks like they are so smart and everything. Unfortunately, while doing all the process, they they can be left behind and and perhaps they they're not competent enough. So I said to myself, you know what? I have to go out there. I know myself. I'm a licensed immigration consultant. I want to help out. At the same time, of course, I'm not, I don't want to be hypocrite. I want to make money. At the same time, I can give a quality, a quality service to the, you know, to the public or to the consumers about immigration program coming here in Canada. So that is the reason why I'm out there right now. Right. Yeah. And, and, and we appreciate it. And, and part of why it was so interesting to me, it's because that's part of the motivation for starting this podcast, right? Is because as our listeners know, who've, who've heard many of our other episodes or follow me on social, I've been a Canadian immigration lawyer for about eight years now. I don't really practice anymore, really? but I like to think I'm, you know, pretty competent in, in the field and talking to other regulated professionals about important topics, right? So that people can hopefully have some 
you know, good information, right? Yeah. To, to give a little bit more context, I think what you're kind of alluding to as well, and if you want to provide more details, is all of the, you know, social media influencers and content and Instagrammers and whatever, who are basically pumping out content about information related to immigration, sometimes upselling services that they're technically not allowed to be providing and especially charging money for, right? Yeah. And it leads to, you know, poor representation, misrepresentation, mm -hmm. refusals, mm -hmm. or just outright lying, right? Taking people's money and saying, hey, okay, we're going to submit your PR and, and it never gets submitted, right? So yeah. what are you kind of seeing a lot of right now, Norlin, and, and what's advice you can give to an aspiring immigrant, maybe they're outside Canada thinking of coming to Canada, mm -hmm. or maybe they're inside Canada already. What's some advice you would give to them on kind of like how to be careful, how to look after themselves and 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 make a good decision on their immigration journey? Well, I I have few blogs or content about these topics in my social media. It is it is very in demand with my people who actually try to lose their money even though they don't even know what they're doing. I believe that my best advice for them is that to actually get the license number of this person by getting that. You can tell because I think you know what I noticed the difference is that Josh, when I am an immigration consultant or I am like, you know, you are a licensee, you will say, I'm a consultant. I'm a representative. I'm, I'm an immigration lawyer. You have to identify yourself who you are. And these agent people, I mean, they call themselves agent. They call themselves, I think, student body or student representative, things like that. And they cannot call themselves. This is the biggest thing. They cannot call themselves as licensee. They cannot call themselves immigration practitioner or immigration specialist, immigration lawyer. If they are not, so that, that is the best way of knowing who they are. And then, of course, go to the CICC website and they can actually Google. Use Google and research this person before you can actually do like join or pay them money because it's a lot. It's, it's a lot of money. I remember mm -hmm. I, I last, I think a few days ago, I spoke with somebody. They, they, this woman actually was charged by a ghost consultant for $10,000 just for work permit. And and I am a licensee. I only charge $1,500. Unbelievable. Because, <laughs> you know, we know exactly what we do there. I know there's a lot of work. There's a lot of time to actually spend in, in applying for a work permit. But on the contrary, I see this person, she's working as a caregiver or working as a housekeeper. Imagine the money that they get just to pay that person. And at the end, it will going to be a refusal. And so, you know, when up an investigation, because I'm so much concerned and at the same time curious about this situation, I investigated the website of this ghost consultant. They just created their own website and it's beautiful. And whoever sees there, they would say, oh, they're legitimate. But actually the, the ethical practice is not there. The, you know, the service agreement, they even sign like, so bravely signed that league service agreement, but there's no such thing as license number, which is one of those parts that you have to see when you're actually signing a service agreement with a representative for you. So, and also, of course, you have to research on their social media. You can tell whatever, because I myself, when I get a approval for whatever representation I do, it is a success for me. At the same time, I have to show it to the, to the world that I'm, oh, I, I handled this kind of difficult case. And of course, I wanted to 
to show to the world that I did this and I put it in social media. So they should see what they're doing. Um, there's a lot of shady situations out there in terms of their social media. They can say, oh, I did this practice and everything, and but actually they are not licensed. So still they can do, they will imitate us. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, that's what I've been trying just to actually reach out our regulatory body to actually do more in terms of, uh, I believe in terms of letting everybody knows that, hey, there are licenses here. And not, in, not, just, not only just in YouTube, we have to spend money to actually reach out the national TV that we are out there. We are the licensees that we can actually help these people to avoid more heartbreaks, I believe. So those are the, 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 the right. thoughts that I have that I've been trying to, you know, to discuss not only to you, to a lot of people. Just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's something that we need to be heard of. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's sad, right? I, I think, I think two of the big problems are, number one, there's virtually no regulation, partially because a lot of the scammers are abroad, right? The regulators are sitting in Canada, right? Whether it be the college for consultants or whether it be the law societies at, at a provincial level for the lawyers. And the problem is so many of these scammers and ghost consultants, whatever you want to call them, they're sitting outside of Canada, right? They're sitting in the home countries of these aspiring immigrants. Mm -hmm. They're shaking their hands. They're getting them into shops. And you know what I mean? Yeah. And the regulators aren't going to go chase them down there, right? So that's that's a big problem. They don't have the resources. They don't have the money. They probably just don't care enough. I, I, I don't know, right? But it would be, even if they wanted to, it'd be very hard, right? To regulate the entire world, right? Yeah. So I think kind of what you alluded to Aspiring immigrants should really do their homework, and it requires a couple different things like you mentioned. Number one, probably most importantly, make sure they're a regulated professional. Step number one, right? Ask them, are you a consultant? Are you a lawyer? If the answer is yes, what is your ID? What is your number, right? We all have a number, yeah. right? Yeah. Whether you're a lawyer or a consultant, you have an ID. Mm -hmm. And if they say they're a consultant, go on the college website yep. with their number and look them up yep. and make sure they're listed there in good standing. Same thing with the law societies. You can go on the LSO website, type in my name or my number, and it'll show my profile and say that I'm in good standing, mm -hmm. right? Similarly for you on the college yeah. website. Yeah. So I think that now that more of these horror stories are, are going back home, hopefully more people are more aware of that. Now, I have, a, I have a story about, you kind of mentioned that some of them are actually pretending to be licensed professionals. Yeah. Can you go into a little bit more detail on kind of what you're seeing there and what people should be aware of? And then I have a, a story of my own that, that yeah. you know. What happened is that I've, I've dealt with somebody. I actually had a consultation with these people and they, it looks like it's legitimate because they are representing a very big food chain. And you can tell they are, they'll never do this kind of focus focus situation. So what happened was the representative actually was a friend of the owner of this big food chain. And of course, they just closed their eyes. They, they, they said, okay, you can sign a service agreement. This is our website. And the website, I can take a look in there. It's, it doesn't even show anybody. It's just a picture of people who are professional and everything. It looks professional though. And there's no, I mean, the address of the, the service agreement and the address on the website are completely different. So you can tell it's really shady. And of course, when I checked the, 
the service agreement, there's nobody actually there who's a licensee. They're just saying that, oh, when you have a problem about immigration, we have big pool of immigration lawyers and immigration consultants. It's so general. There's no specific person who's dealing with them other than the person who's actually receiving money. They're communicating with this person or who's a, I believe they, she called herself manager, manager of an office. Then I saw also an email money transfer. And that email money transfer is to a specific person again, which is, it's legitimate because it's an email money transfer. That means it is in Canada. So I checked that person. It's not even a license. It's not even whatever things in there. I checked the website because I like, you know, I'm so curious about these people. And so, well, my, 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 my decision or, or my ver verdict for these people are not actually licensed to practice whatever they should, they're doing. So at the end, the person actually got refusal because the, I believe they made up a GCK account for this uh, applicant. They are their own GCK account, not on their own representative account. They created their own GCK account. They actually charged them to create their own GCK account, things like that. There's a lot of charges there. So, and then I was saying, yes, they. The person that they're sending money is a legitimate person who's in Canada. The person who's creating the service agreement, yes, there's a service agreement, but it is a, a bogus service agreement. And at the end, when the person actually got refusal, they have to go back to the owner of the business, with, or the, the person who provided the LMIA. When they go went back to the person who provided the LMIA, of course, they have to hide because they don't want they don't want to deal with this kind of uh, situation. So at the end, the person who is in, in the limbo is the applicant. The person lost her status and everything. And then now they have nowhere to go. They're asking for the file. They don't even want to provide. They're like, you know, acting up and they're like showing that they are the, big, the biggest person. And why are you taking the, the documents and everything, the files? So at the end, they don't even know what's ATIP means. I told them what to do and everything. So. Right now, I'm handling them. I took over the case. And of course, the damage has been done. Refusal has been there. The person lost their status and everything. But we're trying to figure out what to do and, you know, other immigration program, I believe. But you know what? The LMIA is still out there. It's still open. And now the LMIA of that good chain is trying to change a foreign worker. And that foreign worker is different now from the person who got refused. Now they're, they're actually collecting another $10,000. Just for the LMIA to show these applicants, people coming here in Canada, they think that, you know, the, the answer of everything, especially the poverty in my country, it's in the Philippines. They think that when you come here in Canada, it will going to be the answer of everything of whatever scarcity that you have financially. But they, they didn't realize that, you know, there are people who can actually put them into more, you know, hardship because of whatever their, you know, greediness in terms of finances. So that is this, there, that is one of those situations that I have. I have a lot of encounter with all of these people and even their own relative. They loot their money. So it is heartbreaking, to be honest. It's, you know, it's my, in my community, I'm not saying that, you know, there are a lot of um, uh, scammers out there, but it is happening, Josh. It is happening. So that's why I'm out there, okay, look, sure. make sure the person that you're dealing with have the license to do it. Otherwise, they're just going to be disappeared and it get their genes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think this is why these stories are important because the scammers are, are getting more and more sophisticated, right? In, in, in ways that you've kind of described. 
And you and I can probably go on these websites and review these service agreements and spot, you know, some concerning elements. But maybe for those who have never been inside Canada, the English is a second language, they, they don't have experience de- dealing with legal documents and drafting, it might go over their heads, right? So I think it is important to have talks like these so people know what's happening and what to look out for. It, in my case, or one case, I should say, Norlin, I had someone, like I'm pretty active on social media. I post a lot of content. Mm-hmm. I post a lot of videos on TikTok. Mm-hmm. And somebody sent me a message one day mm-hmm. and they said, hey, Josh, is this you running this WhatsApp group? Oh. I said, what are you talking about? Because I don't run any WhatsApp groups. And they sent me a link to a WhatsApp group. Somebody created a WhatsApp group. They used my display picture and they were linking my TikTok videos, pretending to be me. And the WhatsApp group had hundreds of people in it. And it was basically some scammer pretending to be me, sharing my content, answering questions and selling immigration services, right? I couldn't believe it. Like I I was shocked. Anyways, I tried reporting it. I don't know if they took the group down or whatever, but I can only imagine how much of this is going on right now. And none of us even have a clue. Yeah. Right. So, but people need to be aware that this is happening so they know to look out for it. Right. Yeah. Um, Like if, if you're not, if you're not looking up the people's IDs, like we talked about, right? Make sure they're regulated. Look it up on the on the regulators' websites, and talk to these people. If somebody's pretending to be Josh in a WhatsApp group, you better have a video call with them and see that it's actually me on the other end, right? Yep. I don't even offer services anymore. So if anybody's trying to pretend to be Josh selling you immigration services, I don't practice anymore, right? But it's it's just crazy. That was, I mean, I've heard the stories, right? I've heard plenty of stories over That's the years, unfortunately. Yeah. But that's when I saw that, that really like opened my eyes. And I was like, wow, this is this is bad. This is really bad. Yeah, I think that's the reason why we are here right now, Josh. I know we're I I know it's not a waste of time. Other I mean, we want we are concerned about this humanity, I believe. There's part of it. Yes, we we can't just be in front of our table and and keep on processing paperwork and everything about immigration. We have to have at least some time for us to do all these things because other than that, I I realize that there are a lot of bad actors out there and we can only realize, we can only do all this social media rant or whatever things that we're doing right now, but our hands are so tied that we can't even do more than what we are trying to do. We can just tell them on the social media that there are people, but we can even pinpoint or we can even mention their name otherwise they were going to come back to us to sue us so they have the, the nerve to sue us actually <laughs> so those are the situations that and you know i i also want to mention this i hope i still have the time i just another one actually in my community i am like i'm for example i'm a relative and my intention is to help out my relative coming here in canada and i offer my house I offer my, my, uh, I, I offer them accommodation and letter of support and everything. Then when they come here, a lot of relatives actually take advantage that relative. They're like first cousins. They're like a distant relative. And they would say, Hey, you're making money already. And can you let us borrow that money, that amount of money? Or maybe you sold some of your property back home and you brought here. And I saw that cash and that relative actually is so much in need of money. They'll take that. And then at the end, 
oh, oh, I need the money. And then, okay, I'll just give it to you. And then at the end, if they cannot really give the money anymore, they will say, hey, I, I help you. You have to at least, you know, give back to me also. Those, those are actually norm that's going on right now. And one client mm-hmm. I have, she's so much in depressed already. No, she's not my client. I know her actually from, she's my batchmate back home. Her cousin, on cousin actually took $25,000 pretending that she actually enrolled her cousin in a school and created a PDF file of a bank statement and also a, a, a receipt mm. from the school. And when she came here, she wanted to get that refund from the school because she wants to transfer. She realized that that's not actually paid up. And at the same time, that bank account from the, from the, from, from the big bank here, it's actually a made up PDF file. And she can't even sue her. It's her first cousin. It's a family. So she ended up crying. You know, she never know how to clean houses in the Philippines. Now she's cleaning houses here just to survive. So imagine that heartbreak that, you know, you lost your money, lost your trust to your family, you lost your family, and you're in limbo with your immigration situation here in Canada. So it's happening. Yeah. I, I don't even know what to say to that, right? I mean, the, the scamming is is bad enough as it is without the 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 family relationship, right? So I, I think we can kind of put a pin in that topic and just say, please be extra careful, right? These are the things that are going on. Please make sure you're working with reputable, regulated professionals. Do extra homework. Make sure they're in good standing. Make sure it's the person you actually think you're talking to. You know what I mean? Yeah. So anyways, the other thing I wanted to ask you about, Norlin, just so that we're not spending, you know, all of our time talking too much about some of the negatives is what what else are you seeing in terms of opportunities in Canada? I know you mentioned um, on, on the new program side, this is something that I've talked about before as well, how, you know, all these new public policies, new programs, et cetera, et cetera. Well, sure, they might be good. But what does that mean for old, pro, you know, older programs or applications already in processing? What What are your thoughts on that? And then, what would you say? What are some of the good opportunities that 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 we have right now for those that are still serious about coming to Canada? Well, I I myself is an immigrant as well, Josh. I was not born here in Canada, and there are tons of opportunities here in Canada. To be honest, as long as you know how to upgrade yourself, of course, you can't just magically be be an immigration consultant without you upgrading yourself and studying a lot, without you spending your money in order for you to upgrade yourself. So opportunities are a lot here in Canada because you get the op- that the chance to, to upgrade yourself. You get the chance to, to put up your small business as well. Coming here, they just need to be aware that they have to be strong. They have to be strong mentally, emotionally, because there are tons of challenges along the way. Now, if you know, if you understand that this is, these are just temporary, as long as you're so like strong enough to, to face all the consequences or the challenges in life here in Canada, then you're going to be okay eventually in the long run. I've been here in Canada for almost like for more than two decades already. So I believe I've learned a lot, ups and downs in life, but I, I am happy that I, I, I chose Canada. I, I'm really, I'm really happy that I, I was able to 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 help a lot of you know family members and relatives and everybody. So one thing that they were saying is that Canada can actually treat you properly and also 
not like in our country, in the Philippines, there are a lot of red tapes there. There are a lot of, like, if you don't have connections, you will never get a job. That is the, the norm right now. But here in Canada, when you know that you're starting from rags to, you know, to a better, better life, then, you know, opportunities will going to be always out there. Just be strong. <laughs> and again, you were talking about the immigration programs. Most of the people that I've been handling, as I've mentioned to you before, are economic class. So the economic class are like, you know, they, 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 be, they, they come here as a caregiver, as a work permit holder, as a student, they come here and then they apply for whatever economic program that we have in the immigration. Now, when they're coming here, after they get their permanent residency, they were able to upgrade themselves. Most of them are nurses. So these people from, from the Philippines, they make money like around maybe $200 a month. I'm just saying that those are professional nurses. But when they come here, they make maybe $50 an hour. So, and then they could be able to bring their families. They could be able to have their own house and everything. And, and of course, break the, the, the chain of poverty back in their home country. So that is a big opportunity. I'm just saying one example profession, which is the nursing background. Um, a lot of people do that. They come here as a caregiver. They come here as a nanny. Yes, it is hard at first. They're crying. They don't know what they're doing because the job is not really what they they intend to do when, when they took this nursing background. But after two years, after three years, we have the opportunity to actually get that permanent residency as long, of course, that you 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 have you you started your application program and application to work from a residency in in in, in the right way. Um, then once you get that, after being a caregiver, you become a nurse. And of course, you know, beautiful uh, stories that I've been I've been hearing. They can lose their status, yes, but again, don't give up. I've handled a lot of complicated cases. They lost their status. We go, we go through reconsideration. We go through humanitarian cases. And yeah, so again, I am saying to everyone, there, there might be a difficulty when you started your, your, your life here in Canada, but at the end, the opportunity is there. You can do whatever you want to do as long as you think you can do it. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's great advice. And if I can almost summarize that by saying, just be, you might have to be a little bit more strategic these days. Really? But if you're coming in with the right goals and the right pathways in mind, I mean, yeah, you know, I love Canada. Yeah. Right? It's, it's, the, it's the only country I've, I've ever lived in. I think PR is probably harder than ever right now, yeah. right? But if you, if you work with a professional that can give you advice, and help create a good pathway to PR, there's great opportunities in healthcare, in STEM, in the trades, in you know a few of these other industries that are still growing and or extremely understaffed, right? And probably will continue to be in Canada for you know a decade or, or two to come. So absolutely, I think that's great advice. I think people should, to kind of summarize what we've talked about in this episode, Number one, be very, very, very careful with who you work with. Make sure they're a regulated, reputable Canadian immigration professional. Go find their profile and make sure it says in good standing on either the college website for consultants or the, the law society of whatever province that they're practicing in for the lawyers. And be strategic. Take a look into the job markets. See what good programs might be to study that lead to in-demand jobs in Canada. Right. Yeah. And I think, like you said, it, it, it could it could be 
it could be game changing, right, for families and, you know, especially depending on what countries they're coming from. Norlin, this has been a really great conversation. Thank you so much again for coming on the show. Any last words or advice or thoughts that you wanted to leave the listeners with? Well, I believe that Canada is is a beautiful country, but it's it doesn't come it doesn't come it easy. It's not easy to be here if you are a new newcomer. Now, I always tell to everyone that they should be strong. They should be brave in in in, in facing all these trials. There are challenges and a lot of surprises that you don't even expect, but they are all going to pass. Everything is temporary. Now, if you're strong enough to actually take all these temporary situations, temporary seatbacks here inside Canada, then eventually you're going to be successful, going to shine. You're going to find your own niche here in Canada. So, yeah, just be strong. Everything will be okay. Yeah. Awesome. That's a that's a great note and, and message to end on. Norlin, if anybody has listened to this episode, they really like what they're hearing, they want to get in touch or they want to learn more, where do you recommend that they go? Well, they can just visit my website, www.canadianimmigrationspecialist.org or my social media on TikTok, also in Facebook. It's Norlin Oligo Sarma. So I'm just out there. I'm there. I will try my best to be, to be out there as much as I can. But again, at the end of the day, I know I'm not going to be, I don't have any intention to be here forever. My intention right now is to be right. calling out everyone right now. I do whatever as much as I can. But at the end, Josh, I will follow you. <laughs> I will not, I will not practice after that, but definitely I would love to help people who actually <laughs> want to come here in Canada. It is difficult. I mean, it's, it's a complicated profession, but. It's, it's, it's really worth it. It's, it's, it's worth it to change people's lives at the same time you're making money. I'm just being honest, Josh. For sure. I, I completely agree. We're going to have links to those websites in the description below, whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on the podcast. Norlin, thank you again for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Josh. I hope you have a great day. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye.